Welcome to Living Southern Oregon, a podcast dedicated to discovering and exploring all Southern Oregon has to offer. I'm your host, Simona Fino, and I will be introducing you to the people who live here, the things they love, and what makes Southern Oregon a magical place to call home. Welcome everyone to another episode of Living Southern Oregon. Today, it's my pleasure to introduce to you the Rogue Cheese Queen. What a fabulous title that is. Melody Picard. She's lived in Southern Oregon for nine years. She's a cheese consultant and the owner of Oregon Cheese Cave in Phoenix, which is a specialty cheese shop right here in the heart of the Rogue Valley. The Oregon Cheese Cave offers Oregon and European cheese, along with a myriad of tasty treats that accompany cheese platters, including beer, wine, and cider. Welcome, Melody. Merci. All right. It's so good to have you. And we're going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects, cheese. So that's exciting. Cheese is life. (laughs) It is. Cheese is life. So first, though, I want to hear about your journey and how you came to live in Southern Oregon all the way from Normandy. I decided to become a Hollywood actress when I was 12 years old in France. It was in the early 90s. So I uh, became an au pair in, after high school in San Francisco. And then I went to college of Meringue, got a student visa, and got married to my husband of 20 years now. And we moved to Los Angeles and I tried the acting thing. And uh, that was very fun and exciting. I got connected and it worked out, but then the economy crashed and I was disenchanted by how the whole thing worked actually. But then I discovered a calling in wine and cheese. Mm. It was the revamp of all the uh, specialty foods in Whole Foods, the counters, the wine departments. And and that was uh, 10 years ago, 12 years ago now. And uh, I got a job in that, Uh, was working events with a friend that had Los Angeles wine tastings. It was events with rooftops and uh, appetizers and really cool things. But really the cheese was was the calling. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, I got to uh, do that and bring cheese to the people and just make people happy, sampling out cheese, discovering cheese. Because being uh, in this country for almost 23 years in the food industry for 12 is just like, it's a bit of a food desert compared to Europe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, it's been developing quite well, actually, over the last decade, but it's still not quite there. So we're expecting our firstborn. We wanted to go back to smaller living. We saw Ashlyn on Facebook. A friend had moved here, so we decided oh. to just take the take it uh, north. All right. And we've been here nine years. I started in the wine industry, and uh, and then I went back to cheese after my second born. Uh, did a couple of years in Market of Choice, and then I I needed to do it by myself on my own on my own terms. And now I've had my shop for three and a half years. All right. So you just had a friend that happened to live here and you came up and checked it out and decided. Exactly. Wow. Okay. Well, we actually, we checked it out on Facebook. On Facebook. (laughs) We just made a decision. We, uh, because we were. Good decision. Good spot. Yeah. My mother-in-law is still in the Bay Area. So there was that option, but it was expensive Mm -hmm. and the traffic. And so that was not something we wanted to stay in. Uh, We visited my brother-in-law in Colorado and then it was just a little too far out 
But then when we saw that, and then the, my husband, the one looking up all the stats and being like, oh, there's a wine country, you can get a job. <laughs> and that was exactly what I did. All right. So what were you doing in the wine business? I work for a local winery. Uh, they had a tasting room on the plaza. So I get to discover the valley with the tourists that was coming for the summer. Uh, Googling everything, looking at maps and, you know, just going out into the valley discovery. Then I became their um, sales rep. So I got to really go to all the places. Uh, so that was really fun. And then doing industry functions and meeting all French people, well, all three of them. And, uh, <laughs> and then all the other people that make beautiful wine. And that was really cool because coming from France and coming from California, it's all like, it's like, oh, this is the wine, this is the wine. And Oregon, I had vaguely heard of Oregon, Pinot Noir. But then you get here and there's so much more. It's really cool. And they grow a lot of different things and they make them a lot of different ways. I call it the new, new world of yeah. wine. Yeah. <laughs> the rebels of Jackson, of Jefferson, <laughs> Jefferson country. <laughs> Excellent. And then three years ago is when you decided to open Oregon Cheesecake. And, uh, so that was four so years ago. Four years ago. But I was in between jobs where there was no more cheese jobs for me to have. We don't really have much, uh, opening of any kind. And, uh, and then after that, going back to the wine industry, but it wasn't, my place, my scene anymore. I felt like I was going back. So we decided to just like go for broke and just, I met my landlord was a friend. Um, she was, uh, she runs the Phoenix clubhouse and she actually owns the whole building. So she was like, Melody, I have this little shack and I hear you want a, a storefront. So, so that's what happened. And now I've had my shop. My tiny shack is 250 square foot, so as big as this room. <laughs> and it's just full of cheeses. <laughs> you can pack a lot of cheese into a small uh, exactly. space. It's not, it's not big. Exactly. <laughs> I'm running out of room, so that's why I'm actually looking at a bigger space. But, ah, okay. That's exciting. That's, and keeping it in Phoenix, is that the uh, idea? Next door to where I'm at. Oh, perfect. Oh, that would yes. be easy then. That's exactly. Nice. Okay. Went on the whim and visited two months ago. And uh, I was like, it looks really pretty. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay, can I do this? Can I do this? You know, financially and following. It's just kind of stressful to yeah. make that decision. Small businesses are, it's a lot of work. Micro businesses. Micro, yeah. <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> it's just me. And uh, and then uh, carrying all my friends' cheese and accompaniments and crackers and wine, but it's it's yeah it's 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 daunting and uh, surviving everything we've been going through between living in Phoenix, which was a drive-through town at the time, even mm -hmm. just like four years ago, and um, the the pandemic and the fires, and now. The, inflation and it's just like it's it's uh it's, it's scary mm -hmm. well tell me a little bit about the the fires and how that affected business because you were one of the few places that was left standing we yeah. sure did yeah and uh, and you said you live in talent as i well. did yeah at the time we lived in talent uh so i saw it developed that whole day uh, i even remember the warning that sunday from ryan weather about the winds, the winds that were coming. 
And, and then on Monday, I was home with the kids and the, the winds were nice and strong. And then that Tuesday morning, I was home and I had my two small children that were five and seven. And then my uh, friends' kids, they were the same age. And um, the, the little trees in the backyard were just like all the way to the ground. It was just so, so windy. And then around 11 o'clock, I started seeing that plume of dark smoke from far away. We were in the back of town beyond the train tracks. And so the whole day, and then, um, so started getting worried about what's going on. And I was checking it out. I'm like, oh, there's a fire in Ashland. Then we lost all communications. Uh, the only thing that worked was calling the cell phones. Uh, we lost electricity. We lost everything. Uh, my neighbor was home and he was part of, uh, he's part of the sheriff's department. So he was keeping me updated with the scanner. My husband decided to come home. He was working in Phoenix and it took him two hours to do a seven minute drive. Wow. So it was, and I was starting to pack. I was starting to pack the house with essentials and important things. And, uh, while like you're having four children, be like, yeah, no, this is fine. Like, go play outside. Like, you know, like, oh, go play inside. Like, I wasn't quite sure. And then my friend, uh, her, their mom was working in Ashland. So she got stuck there. She didn't leave fast enough. Uh, cause she was busy working. So, and then the, the blocks got, the, the yeah. roads got blocked because the fire was literally between the two of them. And there's only two roads into town. So she got stuck there and then we got stuck and in the middle of the afternoon, my husband finally got there. He packed a few more things. We tried to pack the kids and go to Jacksonville because that was the only way that was open. Um, but it was, it was cars everywhere. We wouldn't even move. And then there was fires that gone. I had gotten to talent. Um, there was the one in Central Point and it was just kind of insane. Uh, but we were hearing that the southbound was going to be at open before the northbound was. So we just decided to go back home and then waited until about 6.37 when we heard that the southbound to Ashland was open. So we did. We drove through talent on fire. And it was exciting. <laughs> and then at that time, in the middle of the afternoon, that's also when I saw that the fires had gotten to Phoenix, like a block away from my shop. And I was like, this is it. I don't have a shop anymore. It's gone. Yeah. And so, and we didn't know anything. We got to Ashland, a friend's house, and my my friend got her kids, and we tried to sleep, and it was just kind of chaotic and scary and weird. And then we were engulfed in so much smoke, so heavy. And then at 7 a.m., I had been awake for a while, and somebody made a video of Phoenix driving through Phoenix, and it's like, <gasps> it's still there. <laughs> the show was and uh so that was that and that Wednesday we just kind of took it easy I I went back on the Thursday morning parked at the Home Depot and walked over plus the bakery my husband worked at um had had left her car there with the in the, so we had a car and keys and coolers yeah. and I uh, my display cases with the lack of electricity all the cheese had melted it was bad, but all my back stock actually with the little freezer containers melting away, it kept the cold. So I made videos for the Department of Agriculture. I was opening and then it was exactly at 41 degrees in, and then 42 and above is no more. So I got to rescue all my cheese. Oh my goodness. And I had plenty of uh, local businesses like wineries and uh, Branson's chocolate that offered me a refrigerated space. Oh. 
So I got to just like, and actually I relocated at Branson's for a couple of weeks. So just to make cutting cheese there, what I had left. Yeah. And went wow. and uh, uh, cleaned up and then just saw the devastation. Oh, what it was. I mean, it was just so strange and eerie. And uh, so many friends I know had lost their houses. Like so many. I think I, I knew like at least 25, 30 people that mm-hmm. lost their homes. Uh, a couple of businesses that I knew, one winery. It was really crazy. And plus, I mean, it was so massive. It, the news even made it all the way to France. A friend of mine was a journalist back home, like asked me to do an interview over the phone. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, you know, like this is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so Phoenix and Talent, they were already trying to develop their economy and just kind of like put them back. You know, the pandemic circumstances were already like putting a damper into things. And in that, where all the affordable housing is gone, like mm-hmm. where people can live and then uh, commercial spaces, we already didn't have enough, like all of it. So business-wise, is tough too mm-hmm. to relocate, to reopen, to expand, to all of that. So, and we're still living this after a year and a half, almost two years, where mm-hmm. there's not enough spaces. There's a lot of rebuilding going on. Exactly. Which is great, but it takes time. It and takes a lot of time. Of course, with the pandemic, having supplies mm-hmm. and things make it a lot and more, the price more tag. expensive. Yeah, exactly. The price tag is very high. Mm-hmm. So that's what is, uh, that's what you're seeing, like for the food industry, you're seeing much more food trucks developing than mm-hmm. restaurants. Because the, the rent and mortgages mm-hmm. and all of that is just extremely expensive. Uh, me, I'm just looking at expanding my shop where I just need to put like all the plumbing necessary for sinks and and uh, and then refrigeration. The price tag is already a little bit high, so yeah. So, what do you think the key is for surviving? And because you've you've managed to survive, and hopefully you're thriving and doing well. It sounds like with, with some expansion happening, that that's. It's, uh, but what, what are some of the things that have been helpful or what ways have the community shown up and what, what do you think has been? It was, um, well, having a, a niche of something that was already there, but not enough of mm-hmm. having a French accent to go with that niche definitely <laughs> helps. And, uh, but I starting small, just being able to have that tiny place that's affordable, that keeps me on budget, where mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, so I buy some things and then I sell them and I make some money and I buy more. I just mm-hmm. kind of fill my shelf as I go. Yeah. Uh, have a little bit back stock here and there. And, and that's why now I'm running out of room for all of that, for having enough um, to offer and, and variety to offer. Uh, two years ago, I had already kind of built up a little following with the wineries and little restaurants. So they wanted to buy cheese from me. And I just, and now this is picking up, but I don't have enough room to buy all the cheese and refrigerate all the cheese mm-hmm. for people to come and buy. Cause yeah. I can tell them, I'm like, well, I can order you something, but you know, it's going to come that day or it's going to come next week. It's not instant gratification. And, and since uh, food businesses were all kind of doing that, we're like buying as we go. Yeah. You can't, can't afford to just like, because the price tag is getting high. It's uh, it's just kind of like, a, well, yeah, little by little. So if I have a bigger space where I can store more things, 
then people can actually come and be like, okay, I'll take a half wheel of that or a quarter wheel, mm -hmm. uh, get the industry discount and you know, be able to just take it back to their place and be like, we're having this, yeah. the Oregon cheesecake. <laughs> nice. uh, I just met uh, Mariam at um, Decant. Oh, the, oh yes. the Italian mom. Yes. And uh, so she's like, oh, can you get Pecorino Toscano? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can get you some real buffalo mozzarella. <laughs> she's like, ooh. <laughs> nice. You know, trying to. Yum. Exactly. Just mm -hmm. have fun because we're learning that life's too short. Mm -hmm. Life's too short. And there's just us starting 2022 where it's us like the micro David businesses against mm -hmm. the giant Goliath corporations, all the in-between guys have fallen through the cracks. And Yeah, I think it's important supporting small slash micro businesses. Right? I do. I love going to micro businesses and supporting them because I think it's important for them to be around. And Exactly. And plus you tend to get a higher quality of service. Mm -hmm. You tend to get a higher quality of product. Exactly. So. Yeah, yeah. The the passion and the drive, and it's literally supporting your friends and neighbors, yeah. and and then all the money stays locally because we're all helping each other out, mm -hmm. and, and so trying to develop all of that, and we're doing more of that, uh, all of us together. Yeah. And I'm I'm looking to open a bigger shop with a wine friend, so she would take care of all the wine and beer. And all that goes with that, I have her own shop inside of mine. And uh, next door, there's uh, Be Sweet Blooms, that's a flower shop for my friend Deanna inside of the nonprofit for Pollinator Project Rock Valley. And now there's also a plant shop in there. So we're sharing spaces. Mm -hmm. And uh, my friend Brayden with Over Easy expanding into Sunny Side Up with Herb and Flower Patisserie and then On the Rocks with Newport Distilling, which I was already doing cocktails and cheese with. And so we're ah, doing that again. Nice. And, uh, um, doing events with all the small businesses. I just did tea and cheese with Love Joy. Uh, I just saw that, the tea and cheese. That's it was a, really cool. I, I know, I always think of wine and cheese, of course. Exactly. And even beer and cheese, but I had not thought of tea and cheese. And so, and she is super specialized like I am, so we had... It was very fun, very cool to have different tang on things and uh, have two wine pairings coming up with local wineries. It's, uh, we're trying to do that, like support each other mm -hmm. because that's all we have is each other. You know, Mechford is investing heavily in big box. <laughs> and I'm like, well, they can have it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, tell me more about some of the events that you've done because, again, tea and cheese, I never would have thought. To, that sounds awesome. What other yeah. types of events have you done? And uh, well, yeah, so it's it's a partnering up with a beverage. Okay. Um, so they tend to host, and uh, so it's according they make a flight, and so there's been beer and cider and mead. Uh, cocktails is extremely fun, definitely. Mm -hmm. I started with Immortal Spirits, and then now doing with Newport Distilling. And, Excellent. Uh, so. All of that is very cool and fun and different, and people get to um, experience new flavors. And uh, we 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 work out a flight and a pairing order, so they mm -hmm. taste and um, follow and guided 
and just have fun and we just incorporate little stories here and there. And are the events at your shop or are they at the distilleries or where do they tend to be? And, uh, they tend to be at where the beverage is served okay. um, because uh, my shop is too small. And I'm looking for also a bigger space to offer that as well, have a seating area, a little bit for a little wine and um, a little beverage and a cheese uh, plate. Mm -hmm. And then also do small sit-down events of pairing, mm -hmm. um, inviting hosts uh, like my friend Aurélien, a local winemaker, he's moved to the Willamette Valley, and then he would love to come pour some wines that he makes uh, up north. And uh, just supporting each other yeah. like that, you know, having guest people come in and cheese makers and other cheeses and for people. I love themes. It's always easier to guide I when you have your theme. I the Maya theme. Looked so <laughs> My reparation cheese yes. platter. As a French person, I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> we shouldn't have been there. <laughs> Because <laughs> that's also a huge thing, you know, being in this country for over 20 years and learning uh, its history mm -hmm. that is not necessarily all not talked about. Mm -hmm. uh, they like to present it into such a fun, dramatic, exciting ways. Uh, but over the last, uh, this new millennium, definitely there's a new crop of American people like, no, you know what? We need to talk about more things that are just not right, you know, that haven't been right, that are still not right. And I'm a huge supporter of that. Yeah. yeah. Holding my French ancestors accountable <laughs> for what we did. <laughs> yeah, we all, we all have things that we've done as countries that weren't. Yeah, cultures, nations, yeah, yeah. definitely. So it's just talking about it so that we can understand what the other parts of the countries are talking about and other cultures within the country to relate to each other so we can stop doing it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we're not there yet, but working towards we're it. working on it. Working uh, on we're like working on trying to, you know, save the planet mm -hmm. so we can stay on it. Exactly. <laughs> Not all of us can afford to go to space with robots. <laughs> right, that's true. Not all of us can. Most of us <laughs> can't. Most. 99.9%. Exactly. And since they're giving up on us and the planet, I guess we'll have to fend for ourselves yeah. uh, with all the wine and the cheese. <laughs> well, hopefully our planet will be around for a long time to come. Yeah. Um, we and, definitely yeah. have things to do because... I'm starting this year and I've lost three farms. Oh, wow. um, uh, one, a friend of mine lost her farm for a fire last year mm -hmm. in Klamath Falls. Um, another one, um, the going through health issues and then the irrigation is an mm -hmm. issue. So growing vegetables to pickle and fruit to jam. That's just back burner with all the retail and all the drama. And then, uh, and then a creamery. Uh, oh. Local creamery by George Farm. Oh yeah, I know. They have closed. I uh, know. Between uh, also uh, personal health issues and just dealing with all of it, yeah. the the lack of of, of labor and uh, running a large small business on the scale of like you got farming, you have animals, you have pasture, you have milk, you have cheese, you have jars, you have labels, you have Department of Agriculture, you have transportation, you have wholesale, you have staff you have, that you don't have because nobody can afford to live here. 
and uh, and the drought, uh, yeah. and I mean, all of it is just too much if you're just a couple, yeah, doing it all, and on top of that, you have health issues. It's, it's too much. It's, yeah. it's too much. So yeah, I know. I, I, I get it. Here, they were they're friends of mine. And, yeah, yeah. But it sounds like it's the right decision exactly. for for them, and hopefully someone will take over some of the yummy cheeses that exactly. they Exactly. <laughs> and uh, well, there is a new creamery in Sam's Valley. Oh, okay. um, and I, I saw them and I reached out and right now they're just doing mostly like milk and eggs and, but I'm like, cheese. <laughs> and I was like, well, we'd love to, we don't know how. So I'm just, uh, just like, well, yeah. go talk to my George. Maybe John, yeah, yeah, exactly. he's got a doctorate in cheese from the university of Wisconsin. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. and, you know, trying to help each other out that way. Where well, we I think that's one of my favorite things about this area is the community and that yeah. there is such a close knit community and people are helpful and people are interested in what everyone's doing and exactly. how we can support each other. It's one of the things I love about living here, that and the natural beauty. Exactly. Um, you know, just and that was hopefully one. we continue getting the rain that we have been I know. getting. It's kind of exciting to have so much. It's like I'm ready for summer because I love summer. Everyone who knows yes, me knows. But it gets I'm, too hot. Oh, see, I love the heat. So my average temperature yes. is 80 degrees. I'd oh, love to good. Be, see, I love that. But I also can very much appreciate that absolutely we need the rain. Oh, and right. I'm totally okay with that. And it's so amazing to see how yes. green it is right now. And it's staying green. So that's... Well, with the... if Because it we didn't have a winter. Yeah. Winter was way too warm. It yeah. barely rained. We even had like really sunny days and kind mm. of warm. So that was scary. Yeah. Uh, when we started the spring and the TID that irrigates a lot of the valley was like, well, we have no water for you. Yeah. And then it started raining a little bit in April. And I was like, oh, we got two days. Yeah. And then now it looks like there should be maybe enough for the summer. Yeah. But it's just the last minute thing. And it's so weird. It's getting backwards. Like I have a friend who was an enologist in New Zealand so right now she's going through fall opposite seasons and I'm like well did you send it over because this is what we're having um, it's, it's, it's backwards I've, I've been joking for years that uh, our planet's going through menopause <laughs> Yeah. You know, the hot flashes, the cold flashes, the erratic behavior, yeah. mood swings. And uh, yeah. for two years, she's been actively trying to kick us out of the basement, you know, because <laughs> we're so toxic. <laughs> it's just like, we should listen to her. She is not okay. Yeah. And uh, so it, trying to do something and elect better people and be more motivated and less procrastination. I was like, oh, the next administration will fix it. The next people will fix it. Well, everyone has to do their part. Well, That's yeah. The piece. It's, you know, it's not one administration is going to be able to fix everything. And it's all of us are exactly. going to have to be doing our part, including corporations and bigger. Exactly. But even right down to the things that all we can be it. doing. And, uh, it's, yeah, it's not enough that you unplug your poster when you're not choosing it. If, you know, Walmart stays on all night, eh? right. <laughs> you know, we got to pick our battles and worldwide because the, the coronavirus is that we are extremely connected. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, it's still going and it's yeah. going through everyone. Yeah. Uh, I know so many people all around the world and all going through the same thing. Yeah. It's uh, super interesting.
Well, I would love to hear, now that you've been here nine years, and it sounds like you've been able to get out and about, yes. what are some of your favorite things about living here? What are your, some of your favorite things to do? And uh, Well, I've always loved all the seasons, because I come from a northern port of France where it rains a lot. And um, and then I moved to the Bay Area where it's spring all the time, um, and then I moved to LA where it's summer all the time. And uh, moving here was super lovely to do all the seasons and then all the outdoors things to go with the seasons mm-hmm. and change outfits per season. <laughs> that's, that's always something that I really like uh-huh. because it's just not boring. Yeah. So this uh, outdoors somewhat. Unfortunately, my husband and I can't afford to have days off together. Oh no! Between what we do and uh, and then the children, uh, so we don't have a whole lot of family time to do go do things. But um, I have there are a bunch of antisocial hermits anyway. My, my, husband, my husband, and my children, they like to be home. So then I get to go out and do things with my friends and uh, go support my friends' businesses. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just driving around the valley, going to wineries is already really cool. Oh, it is. It's gorgeous. Gorgeous. Absolutely beautiful driving from spot to spot. And then each vineyard is so beautiful. It's so so different. They're they're different. They have a different vibe. They offer a different thing. Um, going to we're having more and more beautiful restaurants mm-hmm. uh, all over the place, and so we're going on like a little foodie adventure. Mm-hmm. That's also nice to see. This year, I'm looking forward to going to Portland in July. There's the American Cheese Society conference is in Portland this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it hops around the country every year to accommodate this really large country we live in. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was scheduled for Portland in 2020. Of course, it didn't happen. They rescheduled. So there's like the cheese Oscars, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so there's conferences where you can learn a lot of education and then the uh, award ceremony for cheese making and cheese. Mm-hmm. And then that's where you go to take uh, professional tests. So I'll be taking the uh, certified cheese professional test to become a certified cheese professional. Okay. It's like a sommelier of cheese. There you go. That's an extra title. (laughs) I still like rogue cheese queen at the bottom. Thank you. You got to keep that on the business cards or whatever. (laughs) It's that's it's exciting to try to. I mean, the state is is huge. We have such. Big state. It's mm-hmm. half the size of France. And it's actually on the same level in the world as well. Mm-hmm. It's the same latitude. When you take um, Oregon and Washington, they're the size of France together and at the same level of France. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. kind of uh, fine to see like the similarities and dissimilarities. Yeah. Just you, were, uh, you were mentioning earlier when we were talking too about uh, you went to a burlesque show at the yes. Bohemian, and that spot has got some new things kind of happening. Exactly. Um, yeah, to all of the towns are trying to develop their own flair. Central Point had a huge um, artisan fair and uh, getting more businesses opening, uh, and Metford is reinventing itself and I've been being taken over there's a lot of hotels development and fast food and chain restaurants but then there's a little community of locals who are like okay let's do some fun things mm-hmm. um with the theater with the downtown uh like um the 
the people that talk over howies and have the ghost like playhouse and the stage and do you know stand up comedy and other shows trying to do more of that and then my um, my friend Florentine is a um, burlesque dancer from France and she moved here with her husband and I introduced her to the local scene and then she decided to put on her own perf- personal production of it and last Saturday night was the first at the the, the old Bohemian in downtown Medford about downtown market and so is it still called the Bohemian um, yes uh, it's a landmark building okay oh, okay so that's actually why this still it says the Bohemian on the side of it it's confusing because yeah. there is the Bohemian place in, in Grand Pass as well so that's mm-hmm. the name of the business right. this one is the, la- the name of the building okay what understanding it's exciting oh, to hear exactly. that they're getting some events going on there. So All of to that. start checking that out. You said the vinyl night too was something. Yeah, else so that's with downtown right? market. Yeah, um, they um, they're they're doing that and trying to do more things. Um, and also, I think it needs to cater to the the new vibe of people moving here as well. Ashland definitely used to be a young, hippie university town. When I moved here nine years ago, I hear about Halloween, you know, Halloween in Ashland. Mm-hmm. And all those dark bars everywhere. It was, there was a lot of that. It was between the tourists that were coming for Shakespeare and then the students that were there and then the hippies. And, and now it's just like there's a little different vibe of people coming. The Californians. <laughs> and, uh, but there's also people from a lot of different bigger cities, one in a lot, lot of the countryside. So there's higher, um, levels of income coming in and they're buying all the houses and they're super nice, cool people. And they actually all want to spend their money locally mm-hmm. and they want to support businesses like mine and nice little restaurants and quality food, quality service. Um, the problem is the labor force is being pushed out financially. So that's the huge struggle. Mm-hmm. The university is too expensive. So they don't have any students. It's, 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 it's becoming an issue. And I've saw that happen. My mother-in-law living in Napa. Mm. Where you have all kinds of fun people moving here, but they're not the labor force. Yeah. They're the money force and they're cool and they're nice and educated and very fun. And then they also improve the school system. They put all their kids in it. And so it really like lifts up the, um, the quality of life locally. But at the same time, it's the dichotomy where we're in right now where yeah. people are like, Oh, people don't want to work. I'm like, no, they don't live here. Yeah. They don't, yeah, yeah. they don't live here or they can't afford to yeah. work making $15 an hour. It's very difficult exactly. to find housing that. Yeah, when, <laughs> and we don't even have enough. We don't have enough housing to begin with, both we, rentals and purchasing. And right? It's both. It's, it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's tough. So it was like, and I've seen a lot of friends too that were in the food business that they're no longer cooks or servers. They have their own place, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Yeah. But then they're all like, oh, sorry, I can't be open today. I have no staff. You know? yeah. I've been working for seven days in a row. I'm exhausted. Yeah. I don't have staff. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard like me I've been able to survive because it's just me I, I haven't needed to hire anyone I do everything by myself uh, social media and then ordering inventory cutting trees right. and making platters and and it's um, looking at a bigger space is also like another add-on to overhead and being like I would have to have somebody yeah 
and uh, trusting people also and mm-hmm. do what you do. <laughs> yeah, there is that. I mean, it's hard to uh, delegate sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Let some trust that somebody else can do your job or do parts of it at least. Exactly. Parts of it. Parts of it. Probably not for. all of it. <laughs> not and, when you're uh, the queen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but. Um, yeah. So it's, it's super interesting to just be able to go around the valley and discover all the new places and the passion behind the people. Mm-hmm. So if you were to, um, I like to ask this question of what, is there a small business out there, micro business that you think other people should know about that maybe not very many people know about that you're like, oh, people should know about this spot. And, uh, well, um, Newport Distilling just opened a bar downtown Medford called On the Rocks. And it's an extension of Over Easy. So that just opened beautiful crafted cocktails. They make their own gin and vodka. Um, so that's also a nice little plus yeah. of um, all the craft things we make in Oregon. And uh, I just went, uh, we just, I just met Cassie at Cake Bar. It's a bakery on the uh, northwest side of Medford, like when you're on the way to Thunderbird. Yeah, there's that. That's like Medford and uh, lots of cool antique shops as well, like independent antique shops there. Um, Gypsy Trader has been in Phoenix forever and Terry's really cool. And then there's Buzzard Vintage in Central Point. And I found a couple of cool furnishings for a new place in Medford. And um, Ashland, uh, apparently I need to go try out Bar Juillet. Uh, everybody calls it Bar Juillet and Juliette <laughs> because it looks like that word, but it's, it's not. not. It's Juillet, month of uh, Ju- July in France, and um, it's not French. Uh, it's you know kind of European flair. Apparently, it's very oh. good. And um, is it a newer restaurant? Um, so it is the owner of Heather that took over the Ostras oh. space. Okay. As the foodie scene, I still need to try out La Bricola and the Italian restaurant in Ashland. And I just went to Decant, that is more high-end European, uh, new American, mm-hmm. um, run by an Italian woman mm-hmm. <laughs> with a lot of French wine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and uh, so all the foodie space like that, going back to uh, Simple Machine, was the one winery that burned down in Alameda Fire and they rebuilt. They're one of the few businesses that have rebuilt. Excellent. And uh, on the corridor, on the fire... Uh, m- um, Simple uh, Machine. Simple Machine, yeah. Okay. And... Uh, the uh, Quaddy North uh, has moved their tasting room and their facility to um, Jacksonville, mm-hmm. like deep in Jacksonville. So that's really cool, big facility, big outdoors, reservation only. Mm-hmm. And okay. uh, so it's like all the wine and uh, my friends at Oddbot Bioco, it's a little brewery in talent. Uh, that's where I'm like, signing all the places where I have my cheese plate at, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a healthy list of people or places to go that our yes. listeners can go check out. And, oh, and this is I know I've got things on my personal list now from doing this podcast. It's like, ooh, I right? need to get out to all these places. Exactly. And it's hard because then I like to go to my favorites too, you know? It's like exactly. We all get... Having enough time and budget mm-hmm. and it's like me going home next month where I haven't been home in so long and I can't wait to like be in my culture and my native language mm-hmm. and you know, my, my children will be seeing a new side of me. We're like, oh, 
that's what she is. That's exactly. And there's all the other people like her. <laughs> she makes sense. <laughs> she fits over there. And and then, but it's the the hard one is going to be having enough appetite for all the foods that I want to eat. Oh, I know. Oh, when I lived in the south of France, I ate oh. so much food and a lot of cheese. In fact, this is a funny cheese story. So when I first got there, we I went to a, to a cheese shop and. I was ordering a brie and my, my French was still really rough. And she asked, do you want a kilo? And I, I didn't know what a kilo was in relation yeah. to pounds. So I just said, wait. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then I saw her cutting. Yes. 2.2 pounds. Exactly. A kilo. <laughs> and I was too embarrassed to yeah, say, just never mind. So I just took it, took the whole, the whole quarter the whole wheel. <laughs> And then my friend and I, my roommate, she's Danish, and she and I decided, well, I guess we better have a cheese party. Right. So we did. And that started off a tradition that before every school party that was happening, we would start off things at our house with cheese and wine. Good. We just went every week, too, and just started trying. Exactly. Getting braver and braver. Yes, we'll take that one with all the green mold on it. Exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. That's what you got to do with food is uh, you got to travel. You got to mm-hmm. go elsewhere. You got to try other things mm-hmm. and uh, go with the locals and, yeah. you know, follow what they're doing. And, um it is it's it's easy speaking English because English is all over the world. Well, as I like to say, it's not English, it's American. Mm-hmm. Um because it's because of the TV shows and yeah. the movies. Uh the language is also pretty easy and pretty cool <laughs> compared yeah. to other languages. <laughs> uh, so it's it just gotta get out there mm-hmm. and gotta try different things and understand what people are the way they are. Mm-hmm. And like us, it's just that it's, it's fancy. French is fancy. So it's just, it's quirky that we eat like frogs and liver and, and escargot and all of that. But then they'll like look down upon some other cultures that eat other things. And I'm like, yeah, but you, you don't waste food. I mean, that's a huge privilege to be able to waste so much food. Yeah. There's no reason for it. I mean, if you're going to commit to eating animals, you better raise them right for themselves, for yourself, for the planet, and then utilize a whole animal. Yeah. And uh, so it's, it's, it's fascinating to follow all of that because then you understand people better. Mm-hmm. We'll have a great time in France. How long are you going to be there? Just two weeks. Oh, okay. Well, still, you'll get exactly. at least, yeah. It's going to be fun just immersing my children in my culture. Yeah. Trying to bribe them. We're like, oh, we're going to go to the grocery store and have all the Kinder chocolates. <laughs> they know at least they have very good taste in chocolate and candy. So that's something. And yeah. they're like, oh, we're going to go to the toy store and buy like French Legos. <laughs> Legos are Legos. So I just yeah, said it's French Legos. <laughs> and uh, yeah. my nine-year-old has actually had like fascination for World War Two. So I'm like, well, you don't understand. I come from Normandy, right? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> like literally, we have a whole lot of history about yeah. this, and uh, so trying to take him places when you know, see some remnants yeah. of that and learn some history of that. Absolutely. Well, enjoy. Have a great vacation. Exactly. Sounds like you haven't had one in a while. So exactly. Very well deserved. 
And I'm looking forward to getting out to the cheesecake because I yes. still haven't been there. Get so some I, cheese. I absolutely will. <laughs> yeah, um, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's fun, it's fun to share. Passion for local and living in Southern Oregon. <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody, get out to the Oregon Cheese Cave and get your cheese on. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. And we will be back again next week with another episode. This podcast is produced by Simona Fino and co-produced by James Dedakis and Jaded Media. Original music by Samuel Lawrence.